I mean, I'm not trying to bum people out. I'm just, I think you did. No, I, I think you are. I just, I, and I I'm mean, starting I, to prepare myself no, I, for worst case scenarios. That's my I know, mental. and you're preparing me, and I appreciate that because I prepared everybody for a huge blowout, and I sincerely regret it now. Because <laughs> you did say the Congress, uh, the House is going to be four thirty-two to three, and that did that not. That was happen. a little. It was a little high. It was, it was optimistic. A, it was a little high, <laughs> but I still have hope. I mean, you know, on today's podcast, hello everybody. Today's podcast, uh, we're talking to, you know, Stu and his little stooge in Florida. I was like, oh, I think it's still going to be okay. Not in Florida, in Arizona. I think it's still going to be okay. Yeah. Really my stooge, but that's another situation. (laughs) Uh, We also have uh, Bill O'Reilly on the program today. Bill O'Reilly, I thought was... Pretty fascinating in, in how he was talking about the 2024 situation. Uh, I thought, okay. as a good friend of Donald Trump, I thought it was amazing. Amazing. That's fascinating. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised to see him go there a couple little times. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little surprised. But it was interesting analysis. Um, and my analysis of the Trump versus DeSantis thing, I think you need to hear. We start the podcast off with that. Chip Roy makes some news on the show, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because yeah. Uh, the, the leadership of the Republicans is a little bit up in question, and Chip Roy makes that pretty clear. And I don't even know. It was such a packed show today. I don't even know if we had a chance to promote that Benjamin Netanyahu, I talked to him yesterday, and <laughs> remember when that used to be like a really big deal? It kind of we is still. But weeks no. uh, promoting it. Uh, yeah, yesterday I talked to Benjamin Netanyahu for an hour, and what he had to say about um, Kanye West and, uh, and anti-Semitism, what he said about the war with Ukraine and Russia is very important, and the stories he told about Donald Trump, and um, you'll be interested to hear the part about Barack Obama as well. Uh, all of that is on tomorrow's podcast right here where you get your podcast or it's available right now on blaze tv so here's the friday podcast right after we tell you about relief factor if you're one of the millions of americans who suffer from daily pain just try this please just try this if everybody would just try this i wouldn't have to say it every day you know what i'm saying thanks to relief factor hundreds of thousands of americans have gotten control of their pain i had a hard time with my pain in my hands i couldn't paint I couldn't write. I couldn't. I could. I couldn't do anything with my hands. Not real good. And then I tried Relief Factor because my wife forced me to. Uh, I didn't think it would work for me because you know it's like ibuprofen 800 except better. Oh, so it still won't work, but it's a bigger dose. No, it actually attacks inflammation four different directions, where ibuprofen only attacks it one different direction. Um, and it works for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you, but that's why they have the three-week quick start, 1995. If you want to find a drug-free and natural way to get your life back, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I'm going to say this before he... uh, he comes on. Uh, Chip Roy is a congressman from Texas. I hope that someday he decides to either run for the governor of Texas or uh, better yet for John Cornyn uh, and uh, his seat in the Senate. Chip Roy, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? 
Good morning, Glenn. I'm I'm doing great. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in D.C. and not Texas, but yeah. uh, that's the job I signed up for. So here I am. So I saw a tweet from you. I will not support anyone for GOP leadership position that does not, one, stop the mandates, ensure that we don't draft our daughters, uh, stop abortion travel funds, and who will not use the power in the, of the purse on these continuing resolutions or omnibus bills. Um do you think that if we gain control of Congress, that there, uh, the leadership is there in Kevin McCarthy? Or so, look, Glenn. Here's here's the deal. Here's what the score is right now. Um, Kevin McCarthy does not have 218 votes here uh, to gain the speakership. So the question is going to become: Is are we going to rally around someone else, or is Kevin going to demonstrate? that he's got a vision and a plan to carry this country forward. Now, I would argue um, that should have happened six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. Uh, but here we sit. And, you know, there's a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth about the fact that we're sitting at, I don't know what, we're going to have gained maybe eight or nine or ten seats. We don't know yet, somewhere around 220, 222. And we thought we would gain another 15 seats over that. And that's bad, but that's not really the problem. The problem is watching somebody like Ron DeSantis lead against this woke indoctrination, this woke garbage by a radical stand up against COVID tyranny, lead his state forward, and then absolutely clean up in Florida. While we're all looking for table scraps in Washington because we put out a commitment to America that said nothing, that didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, create any environment to have the American people rally around us. Mm-hmm. So the question before the Republican conference right now is, what are we going to do? It is time for leadership. It's time for us to stand up and offer an agenda that will inspire the American people. And if we're given the gavels, we have to use them. So um, what, is, what are the conversations like in Washington? Um, are, they, are they actually buying into this, uh, this lie that... Uh, you know, you, you can't go the way of Trump or DeSantis. You've, you've, you've got to just toe the line and be more reasonable. Right now, there's some people who are saying that, as you would expect, right? Because it's always the case. You've got the Mitt Romney's writing op-eds in the Wall Street Journal with a bunch of tired old rhetoric, right? He wants to go back to 20 years ago and talk about comprehensive immigration reform and how we need to talk about, you know, uh, a new strategy on energy and talks about carbon capture and all these kind of crazy like, Instead of just stand up. Stand up and fight for the America that the American people want us to fight for. Right. And Ron DeSantis did that. Uh, Donald Trump did that in 2016. I don't particularly enjoy the fact that he's taking shots at DeSantis. I think that's stupid. Uh, But at the end of the day, what the American people want is leadership. And Ron DeSantis demonstrated that. And I will tell you that the movement of the Republican Party towards securing the border and standing up uh, against cartels and to stand up against the flow of fentanyl into our state and country is why we actually did pretty well with Hispanics nationwide. And yes, I wish we would have won three seats in South Texas, but we won one. We won a state board of education seat. We won a Texas state rep seat. Uh, Cassie and Myra both got over 40 percentage points. Better O'Rourke dropped in his performance between 2018 and 2022 in South Texas by a lot. Uh, Abbott uh, moved the needle. We've got more work to do, though. And you, you, you do that by standing up and actually securing the border and demonstrating that, that we're going to lead and take out the cartels And here's the key in Washington. You have to use the power of the purse to do it. Yes. I've not heard Kevin McCarthy or any other of our so-called leaders in this town say, yes, we will use the power of the purse 
to force Joe Biden to the table to do his constitutional duty to secure the border. I've not heard him say we'll use it or the NDAA to force them to the table to say we will end vaccine mandates. I haven't heard him say that we'll use the power of the purse to force him to the table to make sure that American energy is opened up instead of being attacked so that we don't end up burning furniture in the fireplace like the people of Germany are going to do this winter. That's the kind of leadership the American people expect. Well, I, I will tell you, the this omnibus thing, if 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 Congress passes the rest of the uh, the omnibus for the entire year, they're out of their mind. They're out of their mind. Pass it for a couple of months or three months and then go to work on a real budget and start uh, the appropriations committees again and use the power of the purse because it is that is the one tool the constitution was written so you guys are thrown out every two years you have to run every two years that way if you're not doing your job we can throw you out well the reason why we can throw you out and know if you're doing your job or not is because you guys were the ones that had the control of all of the spending well you're not doing that now and you have to do it Otherwise, we have 87,000 new IRS agents. Otherwise, we have, you know, vaccine mandates. You guys can stop all of this stuff dead in its tracks constitutionally if you will take control of the purse. This is exactly right. Federalist 58, James Madison. What did he say? He said that the power of the purse was the most effective tool you could give to the people's house to constrain an executive branch that is engaging in tyranny over the people. Now, that's my paraphrase. It's not exact wording, but that's roughly what he said. And that's the truth, and we have to use it. Instead, Republicans go cow in the corner and go, oh, my God, they're going to claim shutdown. No, make Democrats be the ones who own and suggest a shutdown. Our job is to put forward any kind of spending mechanism that does the work the American people want us to and then go message the hell out of it unapologetically and unafraid. That's what leadership does. You you go into the room, you sit down with the conference, you say, the American people want us to secure the border. What are we going to do? We can't just pass a bill. Kevin says, oh, let's have H.R. 1 be a border security bill. So what? That'll die in the Senate and Joe Biden won't sign it. So what are you going to do? You should use the power of the purse. What about vaccine mandates? I had a hearing yesterday. We held a hearing while all this crap's going on in Washington about, oh, who's going to be in what? These homecoming court, you know, elections. We held a hearing with... Dr. Scott Atlas, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, Dr. Martin Koldorf, about the truth about COVID. We need to know the truth about the tyranny over the people. And we talked about vaccine mandates. We asked every one of them, is there any reason to have a vaccine mandate on our men and women in the military or nurses or young kids? They all said no, with no caveats. Yet we're firing people right now. A Republican Party with leadership would fight that. And they would fight it and not give a damn about what that means electorally. And you know what that would mean electorally? Good things. That's what we need in leaders. It would. Chip, thank you so much. Let us know, um, you know, who the fighters are that uh, are kind of gathering around so we can show them our support. And uh, as a people, not as a show, but as a people. And uh, and let us know uh, how we can help. The the American people, uh, Republicans are finished finished if in the next two years they don't start doing something well we'll we'll be we'll be glad to do it happy to come back on happy to tell you and communicate the bottom line is kevin mccarthy does not have 218 and we are working right now to either put someone else up 
or demand that we get the kind of changes that are necessary in order for someone to have 218. And the bottom line is you got a lot of good warriors in this town, Freedom Caucus centric, uh, guys like Bob Good, guys like Matt Gates, guys like, uh, you know, the, the, the whole Freedom Caucus won't rattle them all off who are, who are having good conversations about what we need to do, and we'll keep you all posted. So, but, uh, uh, Chip, I'm, I'm, I understand that uh, if uh, the Senate is bombarded, if we would get the Senate uh, and say, move away from uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, it will make a huge uh, difference. It would pressure anywhere. Who do we call? Do we call our local congressman? Do we call uh, Kevin McCarthy's office? What 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 has to happen? What would be the best use of people's time? Every member of the United States House of Representatives need the American people to uh, have uh, called their office and told them that they want to change, that they want leadership. They want a fresh vision for where Republicans are going to take this country to set the stage for 2024. Because it's now or never. Right now is the time. And Lord willing, we're going to have the gavels. We need that. We need that pressure. I would do it in the Senate. I would do that in the House. If you're listening across the entire country, call your congressman or congresswoman and tell them you want to see a change in Washington. And let that, you know, have the impact that I think it will. So so should they say we want a change in Washington, but we want a change of leadership? I would say that, uh, that we need new leadership in Washington. New leadership. Okay. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. You bet. Congressman Chip Roy uh, from the great state of Texas. You know, I always forget this. How many senators do we have in Texas? Two. We have two. And then one yeah. of them, well, I know one of them is Ted Cruz. Yeah. Um, who's it? The other one, it's, it's hard. He's only been in there since I was like a kid, I think. Yeah. Uh, John, yeah. John, John, John hmm. Corman, Corman, something. He's, yeah. he's so dynamic. So dynamic and so always, notable and part yeah. of leadership. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I, I, I just, I, if we can't remember his name, perhaps I, I can always remember <laughs> Chip Roy's name. Yes, That's the name I always remember. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm just, yeah. it'd be interesting to see, you know, maybe someday we could have two senators that represented texas it would be nice i know we're supposed to have two i know we have one yeah yeah do we have a second i'm one? not sure Doesn't i'm not seem sure like it most of yeah, the time i don't uh, i don't see him doing anything well anything that is of great note for the constitution mm. or the republic so works very closely uh, with mitch McConnell. here's the thing that's important I, i'm telling you i i have not said this to you uh, over the last probably five or six years call your congressman because honestly i'm sick of it i'm sick of it but if we concentrate right now in the next couple of weeks and you call and call and call, if they feel the Republicans all across the country calling and saying, we want a change in leadership of the GOP and we want to see action, if we hold their feet to the fire, I have talked to enough congressmen like Chip just said enough congressmen and enough senators to know that will make a difference. They're going to hate you, but you call, 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 tweet, do everything you can to get this out. Put as much pressure right now, because if we don't have leadership, if we keep with the same leadership that, you know, Donald Trump had, remember these, both of these guys are the ones that were in office with Donald Trump. They were the problem. How come Kevin McCarthy never gets labeled like that? How come he never gets labeled like that? 
He's the guy. Call and demand a leadership change. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, welcome to the program, sir. Your thoughts on the week? Well, it's not good. Um, Not good for America. And uh, as you pointed out, uh, the Arizona thing is this should um, now go to the federal level. And Maricopa County should have federal monitors there Mm -hmm. for the next election in two years, Mm -hmm. uh, overseers. They obviously can't do it. I mean, it's just like, you know, hitting a baseball. Some people can't hit a baseball. No matter what you do, they're not going to be able to hit it. Right. And, you know, the problem is, is it, it, I, I disagree with you. It should not go to the federal level just because the feds are out of control and we won't, don't want to do anything nah. that federalizes an election. Yeah, the, the state's got to get its crap together. Florida did it. Certainly Arizona can do it. Okay. Well, we have a gentleman's disagreement. Yeah. You've got to have accountability there, and there is no accountability, and that's why this is happening. You put a federal monitor in there from the Federal Election Commission, the FEC, okay, to oversee what they're doing, and you provide another level of protection for all Americans. If you just let them do it, they can't do it, Beck. Can't. Well, the good news is... Apostrophe T, and no, they, they can't do they, it in Nevada. Word either. of the day. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't accept the word "can't." There is "do" or "do not," and they choose to not do it. No, they can it, do it. I don't believe they're corrupt in that way. I just believe they're incompetent, incredibly incompetent. And well, look, we're not going to resolve that. I mean, you have your opinion, I have mine, but it is horrible for the United States to have these two states, Nevada and Arizona, tiny states, not being able to count their votes. Yeah, there was a huge election in Brazil that was pretty uh, close, and, uh, gee, they counted the whole country in three hours. Yeah, and that includes the Amazon jungle. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. right. What else, Beck? What Uh, else you want to know? Well, I want to know, I I want to know, do you think we're going to control the Senate, the House? Where? Who's we? Is there a mouse in your pocket? Yes, there is a mouse in my pocket. I happen okay. to be on the side of freedom. Okay. I happen to be on the side of freedom. If, if there's one word that comes to mind beside scraggly beard, uh, when I say Glenn Beck, it's freedom. <laughs> All right. Okay? All okay. right. So my count is 220 Republican, and they get the House by a meager two votes at this point. Could be wrong, but I think that's the way it's going to play out. 220 seats go to the Republicans, um, and I I don't know what the corresponding number is for Democrats, but I do believe the GOP will control uh, the House. The Senate, um, you know, I don't know where Walker gets 40,000 votes. I don't know where he gets it. That's what I'm looking at here. So, okay, you're going to run off, and, and some people that voted the first time around won't show up. Okay, I know that. Um, but it's probably going to break both uh, Warnick, um, Walker along those lines. So where, where does Herschel get? And remember, uh, we had a, you know, I almost admitted you were right. I, barely, I was very close to doing that because you said Walker would win, and I always had a suspect there. But I want Walker to win. 
I want him to win because it's so important to um, neuter the Biden administration. Did you see him with the body language and, hey, here I am, I'm President Biden, and you didn't get me. You didn't get me. Oh, it drove me nuts. It's not what he said. It was his demeanor. Like, I won. I know. Which, in a way, he did, um, but not really. No, okay, I think the, really. I think Democrats won in spite of him. Um, it was the independent vote now that we know broke um, by four points for the Democrats. That's what did it. The oh, overall awesome? vote in the House is five percent plus GOP, which you know when you compare to the last NBC News poll, which was totally bogus. Um, shows you that most Americans wanted Republicans to control the House. The problem was the individual districts. Um, So more Americans, by a fairly significant number, voted for House Republicans. But there's Biden up there, who is absolutely destroying the fabric of the American economy. Um, And what shocked me, and and shocked is not... um, A word you usually use... It would shock me Mm -hmm. is that so many millions of Americans voted against their own self-interest. I mean, I'm sitting there going, do you not see your wallet? Can you not count the money in your wallet? It is far less than it was two years ago. So that that is something that causes a lot of people uh, uh, concern and and questions. So explain that. Okay, I will. Thank you for asking. And this is my (laughs) column on Sunday at noon on BillOReilly.com, where everybody should check in with us, please. It's all about January 6th, and I never thought it would be. I thought that was in the past, in history, but it isn't. So many independent voters are still furious about what happened on January 6th. And as you know, in every single House race, Senate race, deniers, 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 that's what they were campaigning on. Not the economy, not the border, not violent crime. It was all deniers, uh, January 6th, blank, and they bought it. These independent voters, which probably many of them lean left anyway, bought it. But that is an open wound in America. I thought it was stitched up, but it isn't. It isn't. The, the pictures and the remembrance of January 6th, not for the Republican side. They've kind of reconciled, okay, it happened, we don't like it, but now we're going to move ahead and try to improve the country. But for the independent voters exploited by the huge money behind the Democratic movement, that January 6th thing did it. It wasn't abortion. It was that. I live in New York, and Zeldin lost, okay, to Hochul. Incomprehensible. Talking about people voting against their own self-interest. Nine out of ten African Americans in New York City voted for Hochul. And there are dead bodies in every black neighborhood stacking up because Hochul will enforce the law. They're voting against their own safety. But every blanking commercial that you saw on television was, Zeldin's a denier. Zeldin's this. Zeldin's Trump. Zeldin's a Nazi. The whole thing. 
And I, it, I'm, I'm going, are you kidding? This isn't going to work. It worked. I, I find that incomprehensible. Um, but if that is true, Bill, there's then- no other rational explanation, Beck. People are getting hammered by the economy. They content, will continue to get hammered by it. Okay, the violent crime where I live, you can see it. And the border, Arizona. How many more illegal migrants do you want, Arizona? How many more do you want? And you don't vote for the Republicans who would stop it. What's the matter with you? Okay. You know, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. All right. So, Bill, yes. if that is true, yes. that January 6th was what people were actually voting. Independence. Independence. independence you can't right. win without independence. Can't. Right. Absolutely. So what does that mean then for 2024? Because that well, wouldn't go well for Donald no, Trump. No, but it's two years hence. Word of the day. Hence. Two years hence, and it won't be, I, I don't think, but it all depends on who the Republicans run. So if they run Trump, forget it. So it's wait, 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 forget what? Forget, it's going to be January 6th, election denier, Correct. Da, 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 boom, boom, boom. That's the whole campaign. Right. Okay? Nothing else. I mean, we could be in a depression. We could be in a Herbert Hoover territory, and it'll still be that. If it's DeSantis, the only other viable Republican at this point, DeSantis can counter as he did in Florida. So Florida, there was a red wave. And in your state, Texas, there was a kind of a mini red wave there. Mm -hmm. DeSantis can do that. Trump cannot do it. And that is something that all the MAGA people um, need to consider. I mean, now, you're saying this. You're a good friend of Donald Trump. I consider he, Donald Trump a friend. And he governed very well. He did. That's another thing that drives me absolutely up the wall, that if you compare his four years of governance to Biden's two years, yeah. it's just not even on the same planet. Not even close. Not even close. But he couldn't get away from the past, Trump. He can't leave it. And that will doom him. So what is your advice to, because my advice to both parties is, uh, to both Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, I started the show with this, please don't eat each other. We, we need both of you. We need both yes, of you. Don't look, eat each other. That's insane. Um, I saw your interview with Trump, uh, it was, a, you know, that you did. Uh, During the ele- election night? Right. Okay. Um, and. I don't know if Donald Trump is capable of disciplining himself. And it's always been that way. Uh, Beck, you saw the show I did with him almost yes. a year ago. Yes. You saw it with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different Donald Trump because we talked about his administration issues. I told him I'm not getting into the election. So, you know, because it's me, he didn't go there. And, and it w- if he had just could capture that but i don't think he's capable of doing it there's no gain for donald trump saying ron de sanctimonious no gain he gains not one vote he gains no goodwill to do it so why would you do it and that is the mystery of the universe so as a friend of his 
what do you tell the supporters of both Ron and uh, Donald Trump who truly believe that they are fighting for the soul of America? How do we how do we how do we as people deal with this possible fight coming? Well, voters have to make up their own mind on who they want to uh, lead them. I mean, I never intrude on that. I'm not going to endorse DeSantis or Trump, one or the other. Right. I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to say this is effective. This isn't effective. You know, I was wrong about the red wave, and that just pains me so much to say it because I based my analysis on facts. But emotion ruled. Again, it was just like the election of 2020. Emotion put Biden in the White House. And in 222, emotion stopped the red wave. So I'm saying to myself, okay, so now we're the United States of emotion. We're no longer rational voters who evaluate effective governance. It's all about emotion, propaganda, manipulation now, money. And that's very, very frightening, should be to everybody. The best of the Glenn Beck program. It's been an exhausting week, I imagine, for you as well as everybody else. Um, it has uh, it has put us through the ringer. Um, and I I've been thinking about you a lot um, this week when I did the the coverage uh it was it was difficult to do our election night coverage because immediately natural man's instinct is to immediately uh find fault and blame and uh and declare the path we must go on the older i get the more uh i realize how foolish i was to you know demand that this path be taken or thinking that in my arrogance that I was right about everything. And the more I realize that there is a God and almost everything in my life. Uh, I mean, honestly, if I would have gotten everything I would have wanted, I would have been married to Farrah Fawcett for a while. Um, you know, uh, so it's a good thing that I didn't, I don't get my way all of the time. Although that one I'm still a little, you know, upset about God, but um, I know that everything in my life that I have thought it has to happen this way, or I want it to happen this way. When it doesn't happen, I uh, it takes me a while, but I usually look back and go, "Holy cow! Look how that worked out." And the biggest example for me is Donald Trump. Look how that worked out. I didn't see anything but disaster coming. But look how that worked out. Um, when when we have Joe Biden not winning, I would have really liked Donald Trump to be president of the United States today. But uh, that's not the way it worked out. We have Joe Biden as president. But even this will work to God's advantage. In some way or another, we will look back and we will say, wow, never thought that. You're an amazing audience. People have told me, you know, you attract who you are. I don't think so. 
I don't think so. Because I think as an audience, you are much better than I am. Uh, you're amazing. You have helped rescue people from Afghanistan. I mean, you have played the role of Oscar Schindler. Even though you don't know that, you have. You give and serve when there are hurricanes and disasters. And nobody ever points that out. Nobody ever says anything. You spring into action whenever there is a need. I am constantly amazed by your tenacity, even in the face of your heartaches and your worries and your disappointment. Disappointment this week was kind of huge. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's because we just hoped for more or we expected more for sure. Um, and we painted a bright horizon of political hope. And while there was some good news, the red wave didn't happen like we hoped for. But let's wait till it's all counted and done. Because I think there are many bright spots as well. I think the biggest disappointment for me this week is to realize there are so many people who see a completely different future for America. And I mean, it's not like, you know, this was as close as we ever got to a real debate. And I've said for years, I would love, I'd love Mike Lee or Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders to debate. And let's debate real socialism. You know, let's really debate what the left wants to do and, and really go deep and then let people choose. This is the closest we've ever been to that. And people are hurting. And I, I just can't get my arms around how many people can choose darkness and chaos. But I'm sure they feel the same way about us. One of the discussions that we had on our election coverage on the blaze was whether Biden Biden was the worst president in history. Oh, there was an argument for Woodrow Wilson. I'll, I'll let you know. But that can be debated in a dozen different ways. But regardless if Biden is the worst or not, we are surely living in what is a very complicated, complex and challenging time, to say the least. And that leaves, I think, almost everybody in America, overwhelmed and exhausted. And as we discuss the politics of the moment, and we, we saw that the politics of the moment are horrendous, I think it was Jason Whitlock that brought up with tears in his eyes the evil that surrounds us and how insidious it is, how blatant it is. And many of our fellow Americans are willing to choose that. It's no longer, you know, uh, safe, rare, and legal. It's I celebrate. Come on, let's all go have an abortion. And not just an abortion, but an afterbirth abortion now. I can't believe how many people are choosing this with their, with their eyes supposedly wide open. It is truly like they have scales on their eyes. And they're destroying the world, the world that we have struggled to pull ourselves out of this darkness for centuries. And so many of us are running around trying to put out fires that it seems to be gobbling up our world if we, if we lose focus on the bigger picture. So how do we lift ourselves up out of immorality and anger and arrogance and greed and hatred and jealousy and fear 
that is gripping our nation and the world. I mean, the culture is crumbling around us. I just had a conversation with my wife yesterday and said, honey, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. There is no space. There is no place where you are safe. It's everywhere. But now is the time we need to focus more than ever on things that are real, eternal, true. Things we taught we were taught when we were kids, things of God. We need to pay attention to our spiritual self and not trust the doctrines of man anymore. We have to seek and delight in the truth. We need to find our joy in truth. We have to turn away clearly from the deception that is all around us. I'm not angry with those people who voted to kill babies after birth. But I will stand against what they do and what they believe. And I will call them out as an example of what happens when people lose their way from truth and decency and God. And I know I am on the right side of history because we have been here before. We fought a battle this week. The, the smoke hasn't even cleared yet. We don't know what the count is. But one battle is not a war. And if you start, stop fighting this battle at any point, we will lose the war. We just have to be smarter. We have to be kinder. We have to never play that game. Because once you start walking into evil, it will suck you in because it is dark. If we want to save our way, uh, our way of life, we have to lift ourselves up out of this world, even this America that was so noble. Lift ourselves out of that because it's going down into places we don't want to go. And it means giving away all of our own shortcomings and foibles. We can't focus on the lack of nobility of others. Because that assumes that we're noble, and I don't think I am. We have to lift ourselves and our families to a more noble place. We must emotionally, mentally, spiritually rise above the immorality that is penetrating every surface of our country. As we live in the world, but focus beyond the world. And if we do this in the right spirit and align our hearts with his will, not ours, we will be blessed with the charity and the humility and the generosity and the kindness and the self-discipline and the peace inside of ourselves. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That doesn't mean there won't be any wars. It means there will be peace in our hearts. And that is what's needed to overcome the darkness around us. After a tough week, I, I ask you, I, I did this this morning. I, I said, you know, Lord, I haven't talked to you as much as I needed to this week. I apologize for that. 
Let God and others know through your prayers and your actions that you are serious about prevailing against the status quo. Steal yourself. Ask God to enlighten your mind and send you all the help you need. Today, our job is not just to save the republic. Today, our job, just as importantly, is to prepare ourselves and those around us for what is coming. We have to be ready and worthy for the tasks ahead. I don't know what I actually believe about the times that we're living in, because I think people have thought these things many times, and they were always wrong. So we're probably wrong if you think maybe, maybe. But if it is, we were the ones chosen to prepare the way. And that's not going to be done with anger and hatred. We have to rejoice in our agency. And by example, lead, lead those who want it to value their agency. Increase our faith in God and in those who are choosing a righteous path. I don't have any enemies. You are not an enemy of mine. You may be an enemy of his, but he solves that. But I will not go with you down a path. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to make the choices I can make. I'm not going to make the choices for others. We have to take care of our daily needs. We have to look for the needs in others. We have to be surrounded by people of like mind. Hear me on that. So don't let the events of this week stop you in any way, cloud you, slow you down, confuse you. You must become who you have been called to be. And here's the good news. You know, the founders saved this country or started this country with under 20%. No matter how you look at it, win or lose, 50% of the country knows this is wrong, knows what's happening. There are those who are claiming it's spiritual darkness, but they are on the side of taking people's choice away. And I mean their choice to live their life. Not their choice to kill a baby, but their choice to live their own life, to have their own opinion, to follow the dictates of their conscience. That, that is the dark side if you are trying to squash those things. God does not call us as a collective. He calls us each in our own time as an individual. Find strength in him, strength and hope in one another because there are millions all around us just like you that are standing up. Na, 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 na.